0: I'm here with Sarah Beard from Take Three for the Sea. How are you?
1: Hi, Lizzie. I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm Sarah Beard, the CEO of Take Three for the Sea.
0: Lovely. Um, The first question I want to start off with is just asking who you are, like how you describe yourself to the general population. (laughs) so uh, my name's
1: Sarah, um, and I'm the CEO of Take Three for the Sea. But The best way to describe myself is I really am a, a passionate conservationist. I have been my whole life. Um, even when I was a little girl, um, around the age of 10, I started what I called the Animal Club, which was really just a club with all of my friends, um, and all we wanted to do was to save animals. And so we used to meet once a week and... Um, share information about animals that were in danger and we also used to raise uh, money um, every year for a club called the Gerald Durrell Club which was a club based in the UK. So my whole life, um, protection of animals and protection of the environment has been a key value of mine, although as a child I didn't realise that it was a value. Um, I've also been a filmmaker uh, for 30 years of my professional career, mostly in documentary films. Um, And my great passion in that sector is really telling, again, environmental stories. So trying to inspire people um, to protect the environment through the stories that I was telling. So when I was presented with the opportunity to um, become the CEO of Take Three for the Sea, it really was uh, a natural kind of marriage almost between my filmmaking career and my passion for conservation because really, really, really believe in um, education and raising awareness about issues. I believe that if more people know about uh, the problems and the impacts that are facing our environment, uh, then we can inspire more people to take action and make changes in their own individual lives, just like you did, um, and also form communities for change as well. So I'm a, before I am anything, before I'm a CEO, before I'm a filmmaker, I'm a passionate conservationist. I just really want to spend my life doing whatever I possibly can to uh, conserve the environment and the species that are, are within it.
0: That's so awesome. And I can definitely relate to that feeling. And it's such a great story. And what I, what I want to ask now is, so you, even though you're CEO of Take3 now, you have been involved in Take3 for a long time. So how did you first get involved with Take3 for the Sea? Sure. When I
1: first got involved with Take3 for the Sea is as I mentioned, uh, my whole life I've always been really aware um, around me of the impacts that humans can have on the environment. So even as a young traveller in my 20s, I travelled through Southeast Asia and through the Pacific Islands. I was always aware, even way back then, of, of plastic pollution and pollution in the ocean and on our beaches. Um, I have got a reputation of, of picking up litter and um, giving it back to people <laughs> who have put it on the ground. Um, so uh, being aware of pollution has always been a part of my life, but it was actually seeing a film, a short trailer for a film about the albatross, um, the North Pacific albatross. Uh, And the film started off celebrating um, the extraordinary birds that they are. But then as it went on, it showed you that 100% of those magnificent seabirds were impacted by plastic. And it was really shocking footage, really, really shocking footage of, of albatross chicks Dead with their stomachs full of plastic, and I cried and I cried and I cried. So I had that emotional response. I knew it was a problem, but I had no idea of the impacts of plastic and litter. So that educated me. As a result, I went out to try and find an organisation that was doing something about it. And um, I came across in my local community, Take Three for the Sea. So I approached them um, and said, this is how I'm feeling. Uh, This is what I do. I'm a filmmaker, Um, I'd love to volunteer within your organisation. I also mentioned to them that I had a lot to do with the local surf life-saving clubs, which I had um, as a patrol member and my kids have been nippers um, at the minor Surf Club for about 10 years. So when they heard that, uh, at the time, they would just got funding for a new project called the Take Three Surf Life Saving Pubs project. And so they felt I would be a perfect fit to uh, launch and run that project. So that was back in 2013, 2014. That's when I came on to Take Three, really as a volunteer, um, to give my time um, and to run that project. I also spent two years on their board, um, in their inaugural board. As a producer, I had quite a lot of experience that could um, help the board's progression. And eventually I stood down from that because I got too busy with my um, conservation film Blue. Uh, So really by the time um, uh, Tim Silverwood had stood down as a CEO, the board approached me to see if I would be interested um, in replacing Tim because of my experience 30 years experience as a producer Um, and but more importantly because I knew the organization and the organization knew me so I uh, jumped on board as their CEO in March of 2020.
0: I think a lot of people are inspired by the albatross situation and when they see that it's really confronting and emotional that was definitely part of what inspired me to want to help and um, protect the oceans from plastic pollution yeah. as well. I think, I think in my role now,
1: and even when I was speaking on behalf of the film Blue as its producer, uh, I can talk and talk and talk about impacts of plastic pollution. I can use big numbers. I can say 8 million tonnes of plastic goes into the ocean every year. I can say over 1 million seabirds die every year. I can say over 800,000 marine mammals die every year from plastic pollution. And those numbers are big, but the impact is tenfold if you can share images around that. And even with you know, fairly young kids, that they, they can cope. And until you actually show the impact, show the reality of what's happening to the birds or the turtles, uh, show those images of beaches absolutely piled high with plastic, uh, show images of microplastics, it's quite difficult to get the message across so I think it's always really important to have visual storytelling stories about what the problem is and that's when you can engage people at an emotional level because once they see that then they feel compelled to take action that's what happened to me I saw it uh, and I felt compelled to act I had to do something about it
0: yeah that's the same for me as well and I think As you said, because the statistics around plastic pollution are so big and so hard to grapple, like you can't describe what a million pieces of plastic looks like. No one can imagine what that looks like. So having the small visual aids, like seeing an albatross chick with plastic in its Mm -hmm. stomach, it's just critical for getting mm-hmm. people to be aware of the plastic pollution issue, which is what you've done in your amazing film, Blue. So should we talk about that for a little bit? And can you describe what um, what Blue is? Okay, so um, for
1: five years of my life, prior to um, being the CEO of Take Three for the Sea, I spent as the producer and also the impact producer for a marine conservation film called Blue. Blue came out in 2017 in cinemas But more importantly, it did um, a festival circuit uh, in uh, countries all around the world. We've reached about 8 million people around the world with our message. So Blue uh, came out of um, the knowledge that the sort of statistics like by 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. And then WWF had released a report Um, about how much um, biodiversity in our oceans that we would be losing. I think it was, you have to check the facts on this, but it was over 40%. Um, And there was a lot of information about there, of what was at stake in our oceans, Uh, but there was no films really telling that story. And so filmmaker Karina Holden and myself um, wanted to tell a story that looked at all of the impacts that were taking place on our ocean, but tell it in a way that um, it was around people that were already working in that space to try and do something about it. And the reason why we wanted to do that is, again, it's all that messaging around being inspired. Um, and they were like average, everyday people. I mean, I don't think they are, but they're all heroes to me, but generally. They are just people like you and me who wanted to take an action because they felt compelled to do so and so they dedicated their life to, to conservation in the ocean. And by telling their stories um, and what they were seeing and what they were responding to, we were able to uh, give people knowledge and also inspire people that they too can also participate in this solution. And so we've won lots and lots of awards. So it was really wasn't talking heads, it was just telling stories about these people. And it was really important to engage emotionally with our audience.
0: I went and saw Blue when it first came out. And you're exactly right that it's just, it's a purely emotional movie. I went in so excited to see it and came out crying. it took me about 10 minutes of sitting in the car, just crying to kind of get over what I had just seen. Because you you frame it so amazingly in that everyone who sees it, I feel like is, changed like it flicks a switch inside of you and then but you're also really inspired to do something so it's like balancing that emotional like oh my gosh what have we done to the ocean with the what am I going to do now so it definitely does have that impact
1: yeah that's certainly the trickiest bit because you kind of know you're bringing audience down 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 to the very bottom um the darkest part of the ocean um but it's you you need to leave that and then say but it's okay and the, the great thing I think about um ocean conservation, and particularly around plastics, is that there are meaningful things that you can actually do um, as an individual, as a community, as businesses. It's, it's not like it's all over. There's nothing to do. If we actually make those decisions to take action, then we will see change. We can actually turn it around. And so it's really important to always talk about hope. You know, it's really important to always talk about that you can actually make a difference as an individual, every action you take and particularly you sharing those stories. So, you know, that's a classic case with you, Lizzie. It's you made a decision. You had a response to what you saw. You made a decision. You inspired your family. You then inspired your friends and your, hope, your whole profile um, as both an athlete and as, as yourself is now deeply connected to making that difference and the commitment and you constantly sharing that story. And that, it's that sphere of influence. So I want everybody that listens to your podcast to know that if you're making, if you make a decision to make a change, no matter how small it is, you don't have to be perfect, but all these small changes share all those stories, inspire people around you, and it multiplies and it multiplies and it multiplies and that's when we get the impact, that's when we see the change, when all of us and our combined efforts are doing something.
0: Yeah. And so I'm channeling that energy into my surf club in at the moment at Newport, which I'm hoping will then have the ripple effect to go on to other surf clubs. And on that note, I want to look back to the impact you've had with the Take Three surf club or surf life-saving program um, because a lot of the listeners will be part of surf clubs and they might not know what you've done there. So can you explain what the Take 3 Surf Club program is?
1: Sure. So we started the Take 3 Surf Lifesaving Clubs project back in 2013, 2014. Um, so I ran it for about four years. And that the key message was we really wanted to engage with uh, a community. Um, in this case, it's a community of volunteers who ha- already had this incredibly deep connection to the ocean. You know, they're on the beach just about every weekend, training all through the week, um, and they were a, a community just of young nippers but all the way through to their families um, and their parents who loved the ocean and were on the beach and have that kind of resonance about taking care of something because they take care of people as lifesavers. So for us, it was a natural fit of taking that step a little bit further um, in addition to, to learning the skills of taking care of, of community, it's taking care of our environment and inspiring that message as well. And so, in its simplest form, it was getting um, ambassadors within each surf club, so a junior and a senior ambassador, to take on the Surf Life Saving Clubs project, where they would, at a very minimum, run two beach cleanups per year, um, collect the data from that, um, and also educate the rest of the club about the impacts of plastic pollution. Now, some clubs took it uh, a lot further from that and ran film nights, did uh, more cleanups did audits before and after um, their season, so that they could see what their impact was. But the great thing was is, is as a surf club they were able to show leadership, so each surf club involved in the project would get a take three surf life saving club banner, which they could put up at a carnival. so if you go to uh, any kind of carnival, you can see this row of of take three uh, banners um, amongst it all, which is just that sign of yep. You know, we believe in keeping our beaches clean of plastic. We're part of this project. Um, We'd have announcements at carnivals. So it's really great for a surf club, too, to be able to show that environmental leadership. Uh, It's also great for uh, kids within the surf club to learn those leadership of being able to... Uh, share information with the other kids and to lead cleanups, um, and they certainly have the full support. I can get back to you with the amount of data, but I know we've got we've got sort of life saving clubs have signed up over the years within New South Wales. We've got a few Queensland clubs, WA club, and a couple of Victorian clubs. Um, the funding was only for New South Wales at the time, um, and then more recently we've actually got. Um, a small pilot program taking place down um, south, where we've produced, or are currently producing, a couple of short films, which actually can be utilised by surf clubs about why we're doing what we're doing, um, how to run beach cleanup. So they're more educational films that will be accessible to surf clubs. Especially in those you know, like if, if you can't run nippers because the surf's too big or it's too wet, then it, there's opportunities for age managers to share these um, content with nippers as, as part of their learning. Yeah. Um, and I back with uh, I, I don't know offhand the amount we've cleaned, but from memory in that four years, it was about like eight tons of, of plastic pollution. That's like eight African elephants.) <laughs> um, Worth of pollution over that four or five year period which is extraordinary
0: yeah and Mm. that's a significant amount and I definitely think like the take three message has definitely seeped into the surf club scene because pretty much every clubby on the beach now knows what take three is and what Mm. the right thing to do at the beach is which is take three pieces of rubbish but A lot of people don't know what happens behind the scenes with take three because it's not just about picking up pieces of rubbish everywhere you go. So take three also has a lot of, um, you guys are very passionate about educating the, about these issues. So what, what else does take three do outside of picking up rubbish off the beach? Sure. So,
1: I, I guess for us, um, the idea of picking up rubbish from the beach is a conversation starter. It's a very simple action to the more complex problem of marine plastic pollution. So. We also advocate for changes you can make in your own life by giving up single-use plastics, for example, really simple thing that you can do as an individual within your families, within your communities, that will make a significant difference. So as an organization, we run education programs in schools. We run uh, education programs all the way from early learning through to universities. We're running youth leadership Programs. We're running a new program um, which is within the tourism sector, where we are again educating tourist operators um, within their own businesses to run them more sustainably, to be plastic-free businesses. Uh, we also work with small business all the way through to large multinationals. Um, by doing, we do lots and lots of clean-up events. Again, it's about in taking businesses on that journey. So kind of coming in at the beginning and raising the awareness and the education, taking them through this journey which involves cleanups as well and seeing where they come out at the end and kind of starting a whole cultural change within that business. So we do we work with business and we work with corporates. Um, and it's a combination of just education programs, cleanup programs, uh, community programs, constantly um, advocating for what you can do, um, what simple actions can lead to these complex problems. And I think where we're expanding as well is whilst it's extremely important to pick up litter, and, and I guess the difference between us and another amazing organisation, which is Clean Up Australia, is um, Clean Up Australia is that one day a year, and which is fantastic to engage community in that way. But the difference is with Take 3 is it should be part of your everyday action. So every day you can make a difference by picking up three pieces of rubbish, giving up three, you know, individual um, plastic items, those kind of simple actions. But we're also advocating for turning it off at the tap. So it's how we as consumers can put pressure on the plastic manufacturers and the plastic producers to either completely use 100% recycled plastics or to change what they're producing, Um, because, yes, we can continue removing litter from our beaches and our waterways and from our ocean, um, but it would be a lot better if we can actually turn it off at the tap and stop producing so much plastic, stop our addiction to plastic. If it's not made in the first place, then we're not going to have to clean it up. So, um, And the other key area that we're exploring, which is really interesting, is the impact that, the production and the degradation of plastic has on climate change so we're all listening to climate change uh, and we're all feeling pretty powerless um, but massive amounts of co2s are produced through the making of plastic remember plastic is made from petrochemicals um, so the oil industry actually makes more money from its production of plastic than it does from selling petrol for our cars um, so it's raising awareness about the plastic production and as plastics break down it also produces co2 so again that's that connection so as i said at the beginning it's like these are simple actions for a very complex problem but the thing is is any decision that you make it makes a difference especially if you share that message
0: yeah and you guys have done such an awesome job of educating Thousands and thousands of people around Australia about these significant issues. So we're from like an ocean lovers perspective. We're all very grateful for the work you've done um, in Take Three um, for the Sea.
1: We're actually in 129 countries around the world. So although the uh, we're not running physical face to face cleanups, we have 129 countries around the world all taking three for the sea and using the hashtag. So again, you know, might be someone in small town somewhere in the world taking three for the sea, but they're sharing that message. And it's, again, it's about building a movement. Um, And Lizzie, you know, your contribution to take three uh, has been extraordinary. You have spread that message far and wide. So if anyone, if everyone can just even look at you and what you've achieved as an individual um, in spreading the take three message, anyone can do it. You know, you just have to
0: have the passion that
1: Lizzie Wellborn
0: has. (laughs) Well, I'm definitely going to keep on trying to spread it as far and wide as I can. Um, So kind of as we start to wrap up, what is the next big ambition for Take Three or the next big thing coming up? You kind of spoke about it with the moving into climate change and turning it off at the tap. but is there anything big planned coming up?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, So Secret Squirrels, hot off the press. The thing I'm most excited about is um, what we're calling our saltwater to freshwater program, and taking take three upstream. So what that's all about is the majority of our work um, over the past 11 years has been uh, on the coast. Um, And what we're really passionate about is that all of us uh, are connected to the ocean, whether you live on the coast or whether you live inland, All of us as human beings are reliant on a healthy ocean. The ocean is the life force for our planet. It controls our climate. It controls our weather. We can only breathe because of the ocean. We can only eat because of the ocean. Everything and everyone is connected to a healthy ocean. So we're very passionate about um, raising awareness about that particularly in in inland Australia, that they're just as reliant, just as connected as us coasties. Um, And then, of course, you know, we're seeing it right now, um, this week, very sadly, we're seeing what happens with rivers. Um, And the rivers, as we know, feed the oceans not only just with water, but they feed them with pollution. So it's really, really important for us to take our message back upstream, and work with rural communities um, about this very message. Can their connection to the ocean, they also have a responsibility to take care for the ocean by taking care of their rivers and being aware of the impacts of plastic and litter on their environment. So that's that's for me our biggest, most exciting project um, is taking Take 3 upstream. And the new programme is our youth leadership, and we also have a youth summit. So uh, anyone that's interested out there, the Youth Summit held on this June, World Oceans Day, very passionate about giving young people a voice, um, an opinion um, about what's taking place to their planet. Uh, and also uh, encouraging and giving opportunity for young people to grow and to be the future leaders because they are the future caretakers of our planet.
0: I'm very excited for the Youth Summit as well because I am going to be emceeing it and also yeah. speaking at it. So I am definitely looking forward to that. News.
1: Yeah, no, we at Take3 are, are very excited. And again, you know, to have you, Lizzie, um, as the MC of the event, having lived and breathed what it's like to be a young person, with so much passion for something and needing to put that passion somewhere. You've been an extraordinary young leader and we're really looking forward to seeing how you can inspire all the young people at the Youth Summit to take the same pathway.
0: I'm excited as well, thank you so much. Now, I have three final questions and they're kind of shorter, more interesting questions to finish off with. Uh, The first one is, what is the worst plastic catastrophe that you have ever seen? Hmm. I would say in person,
1: um, I have seen a lot on the news, but the actual biggest plastic catastrophe I have seen has been in on Lord Howe Island, uh, where I have seen the plastic ingestion in the young seabird chicks there where you've seen, you can see 250 pieces of plastic in a young chick's, obviously dead chick's stomach and you see it crunching. That for me has been the most confronting.
0: Yeah. And seeing that in the flesh would be a thousand times more confronting than seeing it in a video. Mm. Yeah. Um, And what is your least favourite type of plastic?
1: Mm.
0: Or plastic item?
1: I hate them all. <laughs> um, I would say my least favourite plastic item would have to be the plastic, the light plastic shopping bag because it is so useless. We don't need it. I mean, all single-use plastics are this. And that is the one item that you see so much of. Um, Can I answer two things to that one? Yeah, go. (laughs) The other thing that I think for me that I always want to talk about though is the broken up pieces of plastic. So just last weekend I was on patrol actually um, on Sunday afternoon at Yamina Beach. Obviously nobody in, in the water so a couple of us went for a walk along the beach, roving patrol. And we picked up so much, just small broken up pieces of plastic. So I think probably even more so than the plastic bag, single-use plastic bag, is the small broken bits of plastic that people don't see. It was like confetti on the beach. And that's what we see inside the bellies of the seabird chicks because mummy and daddy, mummy and daddy, who am I talking to? The parent seabirds foraging at sea, Think that's coloured, you know, fish, and they take it home and feed their young, and that's you know, people will look at a beach and go, ah, oh, it looks pretty clean, but when you look at it closely, there are so many like tiny little pieces of broken up plastic because it never goes away; it just keeps breaking down and breaking down and breaking down. The beaches right now, with great respect to all of the people whose lives are being so impacted by these floods, the beaches are littered, absolutely littered. So. I hate the small pieces of plastic that people don't mm. see, but the seabirds get.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a very big issue and we could talk for ages and ages about that as well. So we might have to do a separate chat on <laughs> microplastics. And the final question is, if you had the power to get everyone in the world to make one change in their lifestyle, what would it be?
1: Give up single-use plastics.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. I think that, no that would... so No easy. And it would have if, a massive the
1: data on that. If, you know, how many billion people in the world gave up just the straw or gave up just the plastic bag or just gave up just the water bottle. Just think of the difference that would make. Yeah. One day. <laughs> but people because. always ask, So you know, when, when um, what would be take three's goal? And I guess take three's ultimate goal is not to have to exist anymore.
0: That's a really good goal. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And um, I'm sure your story is going to inspire a lot of people in the surf club community to give up that straw or give up that plastic bottle and be more involved with Take 3. So thank you very much.